Hey everybody, this is Carrie Storms, middle school principal from Metro Christian Academy in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you're listening to the Metro Minute, Life in the Middle edition. We use the acronym MIDDLE, which stands for Mistakes, Identity, Development, Discernment, Lens, and Every, as a guide for our content. I'm super passionate about the life that happens during this season of growth for kiddos and families. The Lord has designed this season, not just to survive, but to thrive. So join us here as we walk through life in the middle. Thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to have in our podcast a good friend and a fellow server of middle school students, Cherie Ferguson. Cherie, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Carrie. Happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here today. For those of you listening, Cherie and I serve in our middle school together here at Metro Christian Academy. She is our middle school counselor, and it is just magical to see you at work here. But will you take a few minutes and just introduce yourself, kind of give us the lead up to how you came to be the counselor here at Metro and just kind of tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I've been teaching for about 100 years, and most of that time was in Jinx Public Schools, um, (laughs) where I semi-retired two years ago with the intention of getting a master's in counseling to be like an LPC counselor, like someone you go to just for private counseling. So I did that last year, started that. And as part of that time, I decided to work just real part-time and um, found a position here at Metro at the elementary site with doing some teacher coaching and literacy and really enjoyed it. And over the summer, I finished my classes. I had finished 30 hours and I started thinking, I don't know that I want to do this again. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I might like to seek an alternative path. And so I started visiting with the State Department and found out that due to the fact that I had another master's already that was related, that I could go ahead and take the school counseling test mm-hmm. and be certified that way. And so I went ahead and went that route. And literally... The morning that I mailed my paperwork to the State Department, I get a text from you Mm -hmm. at like 1230 that day. And you said, hey, um, do you know of anyone who might be interested in a middle school counseling position at Metro? And this is not uncommon for you. You would text me often and say, hey, we've got this position or that position, whatever, because since I've been teaching for hundreds of years, I have contacts. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, well, actually, maybe me. And you're like, what? What? Because you didn't, I hadn't told anyone that I was considering this. And so that is my path to Metro as the middle school counselor. And it's kind of comical because it's, I always said when I started this program, I didn't want to be a school counselor because (laughs) I saw all the work that the Jinx school counselors Mm. had to do. And it definitely is different work in a public school setting than it is here. So Mm. I'm grateful for that. But secondly, I thought I would, if I ever were a school counselor, I sure wouldn't be a middle school counselor (laughs) (laughs) because I was terrified of middle schoolers. So it's pretty comical the way that God used all this. And, but I did feel like I knew that his fingerprints were on this position. And it was, of course, I adored you, Mm. Carrie. And there's really no one else I would have said (laughs) yes to because I was really enjoying my part-time gig. Um, So that's how I came to Metro. But I did at Jinx, I was a classroom teacher. I was gifted coordinator for the district for a while and for the sites, did some work there. So raised kids of my own that are now out of the house. Well, and I have to say, when I see you working within our community and going from student to student and just being in their space and loving on them, the word terror does not, (laughs) does not describe at all the person that I see, you are so kind and you have this magnetic 
um, inviting presence about you. And it's been really, really fun to see our kids kind of go from like, well, who's this gal Mm -hmm. down here with us Mm -hmm. in the basement to Mrs. Ferguson and giving you hugs and just coming into your space in a really inviting way. So it's been really fun to see that. Oh, thanks. It's been a lot of fun. I'm not afraid of them anymore. That's good. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Well, and I have to say too, I think just such a sweet part, (laughs) I've laughed about this often, that we were both sitting in our little offices talking back and forth to each other. And when we first met, when you were teaching third grade and I was your room mom (laughs) and I just always crack up and think who would have thought if somebody would have come into your classroom and been like, Hey, this gal is getting ready to be your room mom. You all will actually get this be working together and she'll be a principal (laughs) and she'll be a middle school counselor. Won't that be fun? I think we both would have been going, uh, hold the line. I don't think so. (laughs) So that's really fun. Yeah. Well, Cherie, you know, as you know, we're, we're talking through this acronym of middle mistakes, identity, development, discernment, lens, and every, and, and that acronym has become sort of the heart of our decision-making, mm-hmm. our engagement with our middle school students here at school. But as you and I both know, also just as being moms and in believers, it's really neat to see how these things are becoming universal in just shepherding kids. Mm-hmm. who are going through a lot of different seasons, but for sure this middle school season of life. And so I wanted to bring you in today to really take a little bit deeper look at that first D, development. You know, we don't know a lot about Jesus in middle school, but we do know that he was a middle schooler at one point, mm-hmm. and we know that he grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. So as you reflect on your time working with students, particularly working with middle school students, even as you reflect on your experiences being a mom who um, parented girls through the teen years, what are some things that you've learned about middle school kids that you're seeing sort of as common threads or trends lately in terms of their development? What can you share with us? Yeah, sure. Well, it's just a time of great growth. That's, you know, as I thought about this a little bit more, it's just in so many ways, students are having growth and exhibiting growth. And I think if I conducted a survey of everyone in our audience, middle school would not be the time that they remembered as, oh, those were the very best years. I just, (laughs) it would not be a top contender, I don't think. So that being said, I love being a cheerleader for this age group because it is a a huge time of developments, developing socially, you know, physically, of course, emotionally, Mm. um, maturity, all of those things go go in line with that. And I was reminded of, One of the book studies actually for Metro next year is Three Big Questions That Change Every Teenager by Kara Powell and Brad Griffin. And I was just kind of peeking through that book as I was looking at the different options. And they said that there are three things that students this age are seeking, and it's identity, belonging, and purpose. Mm. And so that, you know, I just got to thinking about the fact that I see that every morning in the basement. I see these students that are waiting by their locker for their group to get there or for their buddy to get there. You know, that's kind of their belonging. They're waiting. That's how they're they're fostering that need. And then, you know, I, I feel like with purpose, just thinking back to my time of when my girls were at home, something that my parents did for my kids from a young age was every Thanksgiving, they gave all the grandkids a $50 bill. It increased a little bit with inflation as they got older to $75. <laughs> but every Thanksgiving, they got a card with a $50 bill in it. 
And their charge, all the grandkids charge was to use that money to do something for someone else. Couldn't be anyone in the family, couldn't Mm. be a friend, but they had to use that money to do something for someone else between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then on, on Christmas, all the kids would share what they did with their money. And throughout the years, my girls bought goats. They bought Christmas tree, would adopt a child. Mm -hmm. They donated money to the New Life Ranch Scholarship Fund. Mm -hmm. And then on Christmas, when we went to my parents, they would all share what they had done. So from a very young age, the girls learned that they had a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, that was one of their purposes was serving. Mm -hmm. And so I see that being super valuable and giving the students that, you know, they can have that from middle school, really even younger than that. So those are some things that I thought about. I love that. And those all feel like really hopeful things and positive things. And I love how you said that you're so blessed to be a cheerleader for kids in this age. But, you know, at the end of the day, even on our best days as adults who are walking through this season with kids in the middle school ages, there are days where it feels like, I don't want to be a cheerleader for this kid. I want to tell them how it is. <laughs> right. And so, you know, that the challenge there is real. Mm-hmm. Um What are some other maybe trends or things that you think, yeah, that's all fine and great, but this is also really something that I'm seeing. And these are contributors to where it makes it challenging to be a cheerleader for them because Mm -hmm. you're seeing them walk through these things right Mm -hmm. now. Well, I don't think I can talk about this message without (laughs) mentioning smartphones Mm -hmm. and technology and just the blessing and the curse Mm -hmm. that go along with those devices that I'm so grateful that we have at the middle school. I'm grateful for the Chromebooks. I'm grateful for all the things that students can do that are positive Mm -hmm. with the Chromebooks, but I also have concerns about obviously them being behind a screen. You know, that's, I see them in the morning in the basement, you know, playing on Mm -hmm. the Chromebooks rather than engaging with one another. And I have concern about, you know, about that. Although I do feel like as a school, we're set up very well. You've done a great job, Carrie, of just making sure those phones are in those lockers and we do have plenty of times for engagement without screens during the breaks and during, you know, recess after lunch and that kind of thing. But I would just encourage us as parents and as leaders to allow for, you know, limits or structure mm-hmm. with those screens. If we're going to give our student a smartphone, for example, they get a, their phone to check maybe their social media. If they're on social media, they can check it for 30 minutes after school. And then we put the phone away and we do homework or mm-hmm. our activities or family time, whatever that might look like. Um, and then maybe again after dinner, we get our phone for 30 minutes and we text our friends or respond to a text or whatever. But I think if we could kind of look at it as a funnel and we start down there at the base of that funnel and then mm-hmm. work with allowing more and more freedom as students mature, that's could be something that parents could do to kind of rein the bring our kids back in. I just think too much freedom too soon sometimes makes our job here and parents' jobs hard. For you sure. just can't compete with it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that that's key what you just said. It's hard to compete with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we're giving our kids more and more on-ramp opportunities to hearing more different voices, you know, we want to be partnering with them and training them well to discern voices and to engage with voices, but not be overpowered by all of those other influences in their lives as they're going through these tender times of development. Mm -hmm. You know, all those voices are going to influence what you said, purpose Mm -hmm. and identity and belonging. Mm -hmm. And as parents and as a school, being able to come alongside them and really saying, hey, your purpose is rooted in Christ. You belong because you're part of the body of Christ. Your identity is secure in those things. Right. And, you know, when those aren't the, the the main messages, when we're hearing all of these other voices, they're going to hear the other voices. 
when they're being bombarded with it at 11, 12, 13, 14. That's a, that's a, that's a tall order to answer right. regardless of age, mm-hmm. particularly at the middle school ages. Right. So. Right. And just thinking about myself as an adult, it's, mm. you, you know, all of a sudden I've been on Facebook for 30 minutes and I meant to look at it for two. I mean, yep. it's just, it's so difficult for adults even. So kids just, they're just not ready for it. Developmentally, yep. they're just not quite there yet. So yep. I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with kids having a cell phone and being able to touch base with mom and dad. And But I just think having some boundaries, you know, with that phone um, or those devices is a, is a good idea at this age, developmentally. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. What else? Choices. I think that, you know, middle schoolers are really Mm -hmm. focused right now on what's going on right this minute, the here and now. (laughs) It's hard for them to kind of grasp what's coming in the future. And so I think if we can talk to our kids about the choices that you make now, today, really do kind of determine Mm. the choices that you have in the future And that was something that I talked with my girls about Mm. when they were younger, when they were in high school, actually, we went through their freshman year and looked at colleges they were interested in. And we looked at what is the GPA requirement, what's the ACT requirement. And so they knew ahead of time, hey, if I want to go to Baylor or Ohio State or Oklahoma State, whatever, they knew that that was kind of their goal that they were working toward. And I I tell them, I tell parents that, and I told my own girls that because I didn't want to have the arguments and just be on their case all the time about school. You know, mm. I wanted I wanted them to be working for this so they would have more choices later. Mm. Not so I could tell my friends, well, my, you know, Allie's got a 3.75 and she's doing this or that or the other. It's, it's not about that. It was about, I just want them. And I think all parents want your kids to be able to be successful and achieve their goals. So developmentally, they need a little push and they need a little structure, I think, at this time. Mm -hmm. So just the more that we can give to them, the better. That's awesome. Well, and that there's a sweet interplay there between where the kids are getting guidance for this. You know, obviously, they're at school a lot during the day. Mm -hmm. You know, when they leave us at school, they're going home. And so what does that intentionally look like at home? If they're plugged into a church or a faith community, that they're being able to hear that. And ideally, that they are hearing messages that are commensurate from each of those different places. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a community volunteer or or some some sort of person of adult influence in these young teens' life, you know, thinking through it, going, okay, what are the voices that are helping with setting those kids up to make really great choices and decisions? Mm -hmm. We know they're going to make mistakes. We all do. But continuing to reinforce those positive Christ-centric choices is really a big deal. And it doesn't just happen between the school day is it doesn't just happen once they leave school. It's that whole community involvement and, and really cumulative experience of them being coached in those choices. Right. For sure. So Sheree, when you are thinking through going, okay, we know all these things to be true. These are some trends that you're seeing, some commonalities or adults that are listening to this podcast right now going, all right, this is all great and fine. What are some takeaways? What are some nuggets? What are maybe some some tools uh, that you'd like to share for how to really serve middle school kids well through these and other various stages of development? Yeah, well, obviously, as a school counselor and as someone who, who has worked with students, my 
literally my entire career, I've learned about the importance of structure and how students really do crave that. And they get that at school. They have structure to their day. They know that on Tuesday and Wednesday, their days look a little bit different, but they know that. They Mm -hmm. understand that now. Just today, I had lunch with some uh, students who are new to Metro this year, some girls, and we were talking about differences from the beginning of the year until today, March 1st. And every girl in there said, I was terrified of the schedule. I was terrified of how am I going to keep up with the changing schedule. But now it's just old hat. You know, it's easy. So I think if we can provide some structure outside of school as well and encourage, you know, allow students to kind of have some say in that, there are so many things like you just mentioned that we want our kids to be involved in. I want them to be involved in a church and, and athletics and other activities and music lessons, all those kinds of things. I want them to be able to do all of those things that they can. Of course, school is their number one job for the most part. Most mm-hmm. students at this age anyway are not working yet. Mm-hmm. You know, school's their thing. But then um, I think as parents helping the student to, for example, create like some sort of a schedule. We know that on Monday after school, we have piano and my brother has soccer. So we don't get home until 4.30. So from 4.30 until about 5.30, then I'm going to take a break. Or maybe you have a kid who wants to go ahead and knock out homework from that, you know, that first hour of the day. So your students can kind of decide what do they need. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important when we're establishing that structure and those schedules that we build in some downtime, Mm -hmm. some time to play outside, jump on the trampoline, you know, play a video game if you want to just have some some downtime. And I think sometimes these days our schedules are so jam packed, we don't allow time for that. And I think that's really important to build that into the schedule, identify pockets of time for that. And then um, along with that, we have to have some, as I called it, forced family fun um, from (laughs) time to time. Yes. Yes. So maybe that might look different from week to week, or it might be I have friends who have Sunday dinner every night with their kids, Mm -hmm. their grown kids who always come over on Sunday nights and have a, a meal together, or maybe it's a Friday night movie night or pizza night. You know, families can determine what they want, but Even some structure with that time, Mm -hmm. I think, is valuable because it's one of those things I learned as a parent. If you don't have something planned ahead of time, then your child's invited to a sleepover or to a birthday party or whatever. I can't say no because I didn't have anything planned. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. if if they already know, hey, Friday, it's on the calendar, force family fun or don't really call it that, but (laughs) it's kind of what we jokingly called it, you know, then they know, oh, I can't because I've got, you know, my family obligation or whatever. And. So I think just allowing time for that right, and communicating that is important. Well, and I think, you know, you and I talk about, I mean, we're both structure people, mm-hmm. but there's also that power, as you mentioned, in having that downtime, but still being intentional with it so mm-hmm. that you, so that we are using it as a recharge. We mm-hmm. are using it as that intentional time, not being used by it. Right. I mean, I think every adult listening to this show could probably say, oh yeah, I can relate to like what you mentioned thinking, I'm just going to pop on here and scroll through this feed for a few minutes. And then all of a sudden it's an hour, two Mm -hmm. hours later, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of um, funny when people talk about the binge movement in terms of, oh, how many seasons of whatever, how many episodes of whatever did you watch? But, but when we look at what we're saying yes to in those moments, it can be um, terrifying is maybe a heavy word. It can be sobering Mm -hmm. what that meant. We said, no to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even looking at that structured downtime as a, what am I letting go of in order to engage with, with right. or in order to say yes with, mm-hmm. uh, that's a 
pretty, that, that, that can help to change the mindset right. of just, okay, everybody go have some relaxed time. And, and again, trust me, our family, I mean, everybody has to have that space, mm-hmm. has to have that time to literally just vegetate. And it looks different kid to kid, right. family to family, exactly. but, right. but still being intentional with those times is right. key. Definitely. Okay. So Sheree, we're kind of wrapping up here. What would you say, you know, we've covered a lot of things is sort of a positive word of encouragement that you could give to an adult right now who is listening to this and is working through this season of life in the middle with, with a kiddo or with some kiddos? What's that positive word of encouragement you would want to give them? I would just say connection matters. It may not seem like a, a huge thing right now that you once a month go with your daughter and grab a Starbucks and sit at the coffee shop for 30 minutes or 45 minutes and just chat or have a date with your son once a month. It may not seem like a huge thing now, but kids remember those moments. They remember those much more than the vacations. Unfortunately, I can't tell you the number of back to school, what you do over the summer Mm. essays I've read as a teacher, (laughs) where the kid mentions nothing about the trip to Hawaii or the week at camp, but they just mention hanging out at the pool in the backyard with their family or with their friends. So I think that parents just would come in and read it. But we went, we did all these things. I was like, I know that's not what they remember. So Taking advantage of both casual and planned times for connection, I think, is is really important, and it makes a difference. I'm sure you've heard, or maybe it's just me because I've been around for 100 years or more. <laughs> the days are long, but the years are short is so true. It's just so true. And when you're in the thick of parenting, it's it's hard to remember that because you're just trying to get through the day. But I would just encourage parents to know that those little connections really do matter. Kids are going to remember it. It's funny. When I think about connecting with our kids, that developmental reality is when these kids are getting into the middle school age, many of them, whether they're in it the whole time or they have flavors of it, get to that developmental norm of, hey, mom, dad, parent, grandparent, you're no longer my person. Right. My peers are my people. And there's mm-hmm. that really normal desire to have the connection with the peers, which can start to make the adult in the life feel displaced. Mm-hmm. I think I would echo what you're saying and encourage parents of saying, continue to pursue mm-hmm. your kids. For sure. Be available, be intentional, because it's really strong for them to know that you are still there. You haven't gone anywhere. Right. You are still just crazy about them. Mm-hmm. You are having your eye rolling moments just as much as they <laughs> may be, but you're still there. You want them to know that you are there. You haven't gone anywhere. You're, you are their person. Right. And that's a really sweet place to be in and to continue to fight for, especially when it's difficult, but it's worth the fight. It is so normal and natural. Mm-hmm. That's what kids are doing at this time. They're trying to find their place. They're trying to find where they belong. They're kind of pulling away from mom and dad and leaning more into what their friends' opinions are. And so, yeah, hang in there, hang in there, mom and dad. That's awesome. <laughs> well, God did not set up the economy of his people to do life alone. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing somebody say one time, parenting a teenager is like having a crush on the girl that doesn't know you exist. <laughs> You're pining for that that girl or that guy, and they don't even know you exist sometimes, and it can be so heart-wrenching and lonely. But we were designed to be in community, and, and that includes being in community with these with these young teenagers, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, and I won't say which one, but I will say one of my daughters— When she got to college, I got a long text message from her, her freshman year, thanking me for having that structure in her life, 
equipping her, helping her to be ready because she knew she was ready. And she like kind of, I'm really sorry, mom, (laughs) because they do. They just, they're pulling away. They're trying to find out where they fit, where they belong. And sometimes teenagers, you know, they can kind of hurt your feelings when you're parents. So sometimes, sometimes sometimes it could be hard, (laughs) maybe weekly. I don't know, (laughs) but I would just tell parents to hang in there. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we are doing this thing in community together by God's design and for God's glory. And we are so thankful for these middle school kids. So I hope that this has been encouraging for uh, you today as the listener. Sheree, thanks so much for taking time to uh, just share with us your heart, your experience, your observations. And and we're just so grateful. I know I'm grateful for who you are here in this specific community at Metro. Mm, thanks. But um, thanks. I, I love being here. Oh, good. Well, I, I really am thankful for what I know that the Lord is doing within the community of our listeners to just seek Him and to continue to pursue our middle schoolers as they go through this time of life in the middle. Some of the references that we've made today to different resources that Sheree has mentioned, some of the books, the titles, even some really helpful other resources, we're going to make sure that we list those in the show notes today. So if you caught us mentioning a book or something along those lines, feel free to just scroll on down to the show notes and we'll be sure to link those things there for you to be able to use. They're also going to be all listed at metroca.com slash podcast. So pop on over and check those things out. We hope that they are useful for you as you can continue to engage with our middle schoolers and with the middle schoolers in your life. Thanks for tuning in to the Metro Minute Life in the Middle edition. Find new episodes, resources, and more on our website at metroca.com or on social media under Metro Christian Academy Tulsa. Interested in continuing the conversation about what you've heard today? I'd love to hear from you. Connect with me using connect at metroca.com. 